Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, please visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. And welcome into episode 49 of The Grid. We're getting close to our golden episode here next week. Uh, a lot to talk about this week. Football scrimmages, volleyball's been full swing. We're going. So excited to be here, and we're going to jump right into it. Mike, you were at Goliad Refurio scrimmage this week. Big things expected from both teams this year. What did you see? You know, what did you see from those two from those two teams? Well, as as expected, um, you know, first scrimmage, controlled scrimmage. Uh, you're never going to see a whole lot, but. Uh, the the biggest takeaways for me, I guess, was Goliad. Uh, their defense is going to be real exceptional. I think uh, they've got ten guys back, nine or ten. They had a guy, a defensive end, that played half the time. So technically, ten guys that played last year, and they're they're going to be good. Uh, they're going to have to be good though early. I think their offense is going to take a little time to get going. Um, I haven't uh, spoken to Coach Salazar this week, but uh, he ex- he expected to uh, pick a quarterback sometime this week and uh, give him most of the reps. It's going to take time for them to get up to speed, but defensively they're they're going to be very good. Refurio um, didn't show much on offense, which I understand. I mean, I'm sure there are probably scouts from Hitchcock in the stands <laughs> and. Uh, why show them, you know, everything. But uh, what what I noticed about Refurio was uh, their defense is outstanding. Uh, they run to the ball that, so fast. And, uh, I mean, they have, they have a chance to have one of their best defenses, I think. Uh, that's what stood out to me. They, where they need work is the passing game. Um, I still think uh, – Keelan Brown needs to do a little better job of reading his receivers. He, uh, there was one play in particular where uh, he threw. Uh, he had a guy uh, was Jason Henry Moore was deep wide open, and uh, he, instead he threw shallow into double, double coverage and it was picked off um, by Goliad. So uh, that that's the kind of thing they need to work out. I mean. Uh, but one example I'll give you, with their receivers, he threw one ball, basically threw it up deep, mm-hmm. and um, Isaiah Avery went up and got it. I mean, they could do that. They right. have the receivers to do that. And I, I would think that uh, when the season starts, you're going to see him start taking some shots downfield. So I'm curious to see what, um, you know, much anticipated week one matchup with Hitchcock. I talked to some coaches in that district in the last couple of weeks, and it was Bo Robinson from Yoakum said they're the most talented team in the state, just flat out, no qualifier, no anything there. What do you want to see get addressed or get fixed or maybe change up ahead of, you know, what's going to be a massive week one game? Well, I think uh, obviously they're going to have to throw the ball to beat Hitchcock. They're not just going to line up in the pistol and run the ball against Hitchcock. Hitchcock's too athletic, too talented. Um, I, to beat Hitchcock, I really think what I saw last season in Hallettsville is kind of the formula. You need to get on top of them and hope that they'll uh, panic a little bit, which I think uh, Hitchcock did in that game last season. I think uh, 
thing is, though, playing at home, Refugio, uh something about playing in that stadium that seems to bring out the best in Refurio. Um, they haven't lost very many games in that stadium. Um, so I, I think uh, that's the key for them to beat, uh, to be able to throw the ball successfully and to try and get a lead. Yeah, well, while you were at a, you were at Refugio Goliath, I was at, had another area scrimmage, Tidehaven and Shiner. Um, and I tell you, my big takeaway from there was I thought Tidehaven looked really, really good. Uh, there, you know, we we know who Joseph Dodds is the Baylor commit at running back, and he, you know, first play of the game, thirty nine yards down down the right sideline. So he's, you know, he's as good as advertised. He's ready to go. You can kind of see him almost frothing at the mouth, and you know, in the pregame, he he's ready to get out there and hit and get hit and you know, run the ball. What I was impressed with was Tidehaven's passing game. Um, they were able to throw the ball. It's a lot. It's a lot of misdirection. It's a lot of these little kind of inverted bubble screens that they do. But they were able to get the ball to the outside, pick up yards, and they got two big. They have two big receivers. And I say big, I mean six foot three. One of them's about two hundred and thirty pounds. Uh, the one that stood out, Jason Duran, had two touchdowns. He's a he's a guy who I think if you look for an X factor, um, you know, not just in you know for Tidehaven, but even throughout kind of our region, Jason Duran is someone who could really burst onto the scene. Their quarterback, Kale Russell, newcomer of the year, voted on by you guys last year. So I was very impressed with Tidehaven on Shiner's side of things. Mike, you had been out at Shiner for practice a couple times. They're young. They're very young. What I will say is they grew into the game. They they came out that first, you know, they had 10 plays on offense. was kind of the format of the scrimmage. First team offense got 10 plays. Those first 10 plays, Tidehaven kind of hit them in the mouth. Bedeker got, you know, got the group together. Hey, y'all know what it is now. And as the scrimmage progressed, you could see Shiner start to grow into, start to grow into the game. And that, you know, that's something that impressed me. I think that's going to be representative of what we see from Shiner this season with a young team one that may start a little slow but as those players get more seasoned as they get more adjusted to the varsity game the varsity speed i think shiner will get better and better and better as the season progresses mike you look like you have something to say oh no i agree i mean uh daniel bedeker and uh randy palmer do an excellent job over there and um i mean let's face it uh when you're at a small school you're going to go through cycles where your talent is not what it was and Obviously, you lose someone like Dalton Brooks. I mean, you don't replace those guys. But, uh, you know, they have a tradition of success over there for a reason. And uh, one is they've been running that offense since they were in sixth, seventh grade. Two is uh, Daniel Bedeker's been part of that culture over there, and he knows it. And uh, the kids work hard, and uh, I expect them that, you know, I know they don't have the talent, but I, I expect them to have a good team. Yeah, I think again, like like I said a minute ago, I think the I think the scrimmage is going to be almost representative of their season where they could start slow, but even a scrimmage they grew into it. No one wins or loses a scrimmage, but each team scored two touchdowns in the scrimmage. You know, Tidehaven got theirs right away. Shiner got theirs as as the day went on. So that's that's something to watch for. What I want to see from each team ahead of Week One, Shiner, I just, I just want to see them get older. I think every time they play football, they're going to get a little bit better with this group. So I. I just see that experience build and for Tidehaven and you know coach Lucio said this after after the scrimmage he said I thought our ones looked great I thought our twos need some work think for and over the course of a football season you know 
obviously, hopefully not the whole second unit, but different guys from that second group are going to have to play a role. Injuries happen, things happen, or guys are going to have to step in and play roles. I want to see Tidehaven's depth develop a little bit more. Last year they lost, what, 12-6 to to post in the playoffs. This is a team that has high expectations, that believes they can do a lot this season. That depth at some point is going to play a role. So that's what I want to. That's what I'd like to see from Tidehaven. You know, ahead of Week One, and then as we get, you know, as we get into the season, uh, Jeremiah, you were out at Quero, which is where I'm going to be for Week One. Quero versus Canyon Lake. What What did you see from the Gobblers? Yeah, well, uh, I think if you're the Quer- uh, head coach Jared Fikach and the Quero coaching staff, you couldn't be more happier with uh, you know what you saw on that that scrimmage against Canyon Lake. Uh, so they kind of broke it up into into two sections. The the scheduled plays and then the the live quarter and the scheduled plays the offense looked amazing I mean they scored uh f- I think five touchdowns which is every every chance they touched the ball I think uh and then the defense they they just held the Canyon Lake uh offense to zero first downs out of six tries uh like a few tackles for loss and uh this defensive line which uh you know Fikach was saying is very young they they really stepped up and they, they, I mean they weren't allowing uh you know any the offense to gain any ground and you know when you lose a, a guy on defense like Sean Burks last year who was an all-american for the gobblers i think you know you definitely have to have these younger guys step up and you know, when you have those older guys like Brent Patek and uh you know on th- on this defense i think those younger guys stepping up is definitely needed and they showed that um you know in that scrimmage uh, and and then in the the live play section there was a few mistakes the defense gave up a yeah, I think it was like 60 or 70 yard touchdown, but uh, I think it was one of the few passes that that Canyon Lake completed, uh, for, uh, you know, on the first team defense. Uh, and then the offense did fumble the ball, but I think uh, you know that's kind of stuff stuff that happens in early on scrimmages. You kind of expect a few mistakes here and there when when you're you know just starting off the season. So I think overall, looking at this this scrimmage for Quero, I think you you've got to be pleased with what you saw out of out of everyone. What did Fikach say after the game, after the scrimmage? What what was his tone? Was he impressed, surprised, or is this like, hey, business as usual? Or is it, you know, coaches lament mistakes all the time? What what was kind of his tone post post scrimmage? Yeah, he was very uh, you know impressed with what he saw. Uh, even though they they ended the scrimmage you know on a few mistakes, uh, Nataro uh, quarterback Mason Nataro was able to score a touchdown late, and even though they didn't outscore uh, Kenya Lake in that quarter. Um, I think just having them get in the end zone and you know having them end on a positive note uh, had Fikach uh, happy. And uh, I know M- Mike was talking about this a few weeks ago. Uh, how Quero's, uh you know running back game is something that you know they were kind of questioning. But uh, Kenneth Jackson he looked really good for them in in this scrimmage. He had a big big touchdown where I be- he was. 20 or 30 yards down the field, and he ran it all the way into the end zone. He carried, like, two defenders on him, and his helmet came off and his shoe came off, and <laughs> our photographer, Dewey Vu, got a good shot of him, of, of him you know, breaking the end zone. So uh, I, I think if you're, you know, Fikach and the coaching staff, you got to be happy with both sides of the ball. Is there even, like, at that – I mean, I guess a couple of mistakes in, you know, in the live portion of it, but, I mean, at that point as a coaching staff, what do you even address? What do you even say when it kind of go? you know – What's your big question mark running back? Oh, he looks awesome. Quarterback, well, you're throwing the ball. You lose an All-American at linebacker. Well, the defense is getting a stop every turn. Getting not just a stop, a three and out every turn. I mean, it's like, I don't even know what you say as a coach. It's hard. You have to almost bring the guys back to earth a little bit. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, he after the game, he just was mentioning how it's early and how you expect mistakes. But, I mean, like you said, there's there wasn't that much to, to correct other than a few on defense on that big run. It was a, I think it was a 
a cornerback that you know made a mistake. But other than that, I mean, I mean, you just got to feel really good about that scrimmage. Yeah, no, that was you know week one of scrimmages. I know all of us were happy to be out, out there covering you know semi live football. You know, it's 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 something. We're almost there. We're a few days away. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and hear this message from White Trash Services and Jeremiah and I have been out on the volleyball courts as well. We got some stuff to talk about out there. Some really good volleyball in the area. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off companies. And, you know, y'all are are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area. High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361 361- Five five zero one eight two six. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, eight to five during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. And we are back, episode forty nine of the grid. I'm blanking on a famous on a famous uh, athlete wearing forty nine. We'll come back to that later, though. Uh, volleyball is in full swing. Jeremiah, you are at Victoria East this week. They pick up their uh, they pick up their first home win. Talk about you know what you saw. That has to feel good for Coach Spradley and the gang. Get you know getting one out of the way at home. Yeah, it definitely has to feel good for them. Uh, entering the game, they had won two games at a the Tex Fest tournament in Wimberley. Um, so they were, you know, had a little bit of confidence from that. And I think they they took it into that game against Hallettsville. Uh, um, like Gabe said, it was uh, Shelby Spradley's first home win, uh, so, so that's got to feel good for her. But uh, talking to to you know Hallettsville, I think they were really disappointed in the way that they played um, on Tuesday. I th- they they had a tough time with their serve receive. Uh, they made you know quite a few errors in every single set, and coming off of a two wins at the or two or three wins at the Shiner tournament um you know they were feeling good about themselves and then uh you know they just really struggled in that game against uh East and granted it was uh you know they were going up against a 5A team which is you know always a little bit difficult for you know those smaller schools but uh just talking to the coach she definitely wasn't happy with the way they played um but you know East I think uh you know they're they're starting to gel a little bit more uh their senior players are you know playing how they you know, played in their their uh, season opener, and the younger girls are starting to step up. So I think uh, you know it's got to feel good for for Spradley with the way that their team played in that win against Hallsville. Yeah, volleyball and then basketball is like this as well, where you get these tournaments early on in the season. And volleyball, they play like an insane amount of games. They'll play like six, eight, you know, games in a weekend. Did you see from East just maybe that develop a little that development, maybe a little more comfortability? Just you know, they I think they played six games over the weekend, so they coming into this game they have seven eight games under their belt. Maybe just a little more comfortability with you know a lot of these younger players who are still getting their feet wet at the varsity level. Yeah, definitely. You you could tell uh, you know by the way the girls were talking to each other, and you know that you could see that their spacing was a little bit better on the floor. 
So I think that just comes with playing playing games with each other and getting more experience at those tournaments. Yeah, and then while you were at Victoria East, I was at St. Joseph for their match against Yoakum. And uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, St. Joseph, they looked. I know you know last year not making the state tournament. That's something that's really sat with them. Um, they looked really good. They swept Yokum, who was a regional finalist in UIL last year. Pre-game, they honored Addison Ozuna, who is just starting her junior season and already has over 1,000 career kills. And she's someone who, you know, the area player of the year last year, and she's someone who's going to uh, continue to rack up these statistics as long as she stays healthy. Because, And, I mean, she was dominant again, 15 kills across three sets. And in St. Joseph, I mean, this weekend they're up at Schulenburg at, the, at their tournament where, you know, Schulenburg's a – Really, really good two-way program. They're making it a point that I think they have Columbus on their schedule at some point later in non-district play. They're making it a point to schedule tough in non-district. And I was talking to Coach. That's something that she had mentioned to me was, "Hey, we want these. We want these tough non-district games. I want to see us uncomfortable." She went as far as to say, "Post game, I like seeing us struggle. I, I, I like, I like seeing us struggle a little bit. I like seeing us face adversity because in district play they don't face a ton of that. But she likes seeing it happen now, allowing the girls to gel and come together um, a little bit. Uh, I'd also be remiss if we didn't mention Victoria West." Uh, they were at the Columbus tournament uh, last weekend. They went. They played eight games, six and two at the Columbus tournament over the weekend. Then they come back, pick up a win over East Bernard on Tuesday night out in Columbus. Jasmine Valenzuela, Hannah Los, and Grace Weiler made the all tournament team. And then wrapping up volleyball here, the Schulenberg tournament is this weekend. I mentioned that a second ago. Ton of local schools out going to be out there in Schulenburg. Obviously, Schulenburg will be there. Edna, Shiner, Victoria, St. Joseph, Yoakum, Goliad, Hallettsville, Industrial, and Weimer will all be out there. So a ton of volleyball action, local volleyball action going on in Schulenburg. That's great for us. And then for any volleyball coaches, fans, parents, any in, any interested parties listening. Send scores and, if you can, stats to sports at vicad.com. Whenever volleyball is being played, we like to run a scores page just so everyone can follow along with what's going on. And, of course, we like getting the stats as well when we get the things like the all-area team and whatnot. So send scores and stats, if you got them, to sports at vicad.com so we can keep track with y'all. Mike Germain, myself, there's only three of us. There's like 30-something schools in the area that all play volleyball. We want to keep track with everything that we can, so please help us out in doing that. We're going to hear a message from Thrivent Financial here very quickly, and then we're going to look ahead at some scrimmages going on this weekend, and we're going to talk about you know football camps, what we're seeing going on. Stay tuned. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrig works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. And we are back with episode 49 of The Grid after some light debate. Tim Wakefield is the athlete we're going with. <laughs> the knuckleballer, Tim Wakefield. Ron Guidry was also in consideration. Um, Mike, you were at uh, Blo- you were at Bloomington El Campo football camp this week. What did you see? Uh, what did you see while you were at, at? We'll start with Bloomington. What did you see when you were out there? Well, th- they've made improvements. Um there's no question. I, I think uh, that's usually the case in the second year coaches mm-hmm. there. 
Um, you know, a lot of times you talk about that first year when if you have to learn a new offense, new defense, there's a lot of teaching involved and a lot of thinking, you know, like questioning when you're on the field. Is this the right thing to do? Is that? But by the time if you're there for a second year, usually you're more reacting. You know what to do. You don't have to stop. You can play faster, which helps. Um, they, uh, they've got some good athletes, good receivers, uh, Sabron Taylor and Sean Darby. Uh, the question they have to find, uh, they have to find a quarterback because they lost their quarterback. Quarterback who can get them the ball. The other thing is they're going to have to play better defense because, uh, let's face it, you're in a district with four uh, state-ranked teams. And uh, if you want to win in that district, you're, you're going to have to stop people at some point. Uh, you, you're not going to outscore them. Uh, they, they got in a shootout even with Kennedy last year. I think it was 50-something to 40-something. So, uh, and they came up on the short end. So that would be my biggest takeaway. Uh, they're going to have to play uh, better defense if, uh, if uh, they want to get a district win. And I got to ask you about El Campo because I'll be seeing them week one. You're out there. I'm, you know, Quero El Campo, that's one I'm really excited for. Talk about what you saw from the Rice Birds. Well, um, they didn't have a full practice because uh, obviously it was a scrimmage the next day. But um, I see uh, what I see is uh, a team that's not as talented as has been the, the last two years. Obviously, you lose Ruben Owens, you're not yeah. going to be as talented. That can hurt, yeah. Yeah, but I do see this. I see Travis Reeve coaching that team like he usually coaches. And uh, one thing Travis stresses is effort, you know, to give great effort and to pay attention to detail and not make mistakes. Uh that and those are the things that allow you sometimes to win games when you may not have as much talent as another team. And don't don't get me wrong, they have talent. I mean, my gosh, Oliver Miles, uh, you know, he's going to Texas Tech. I mean, he's a very talented athlete. And they also have Stephen Norman at running back. Uh, the line is a big question for them. Only their center is back there. This is the second year in a row that they've only had one lineman yeah. back. So, uh, but if they get some guys to step up there, um, I think El Campo is going to be fine. They just, uh, they open up with Cuero, and then they have to play like Corpus Christi Miller and Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Yeah. So uh, they, those first three games are definitely going to prepare them. Trial by fire. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about El Campo because Reeves coming in, he's he's coming in, he's taking over a really good program. And he's, you know, mm-hmm. Oliver Miles, a Division One, you know, Division One athlete playing quarterback. What uh, is is a scheme different? Is it going to look different? What uh, what 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 can we expect El Campo to look like? You know, come you know eight days from now when they're playing Quero. Well, I don't think you you're going to see the full package yet. Obviously, uh, you know, you have only so much time, but uh, they're going to throw the ball. And, um, I mean, that's something that they maybe did, uh, I don't know, five, six times a game, maybe ten times a game. Mm-hmm. But uh, they'll, they'll throw the ball if, if they have to. And because uh, uh, Travis Reeve has always thrown the ball wherever he's been. Um, and he's got a quarterback who uh, 
is not – I mean, let, let's face it, you, you've seen the numbers. Last year he didn't throw very much. Uh, but he's got the athletic ability, and he can scramble and probably throw on the run. So that he's kind of a dual threat back there. So uh, I, I think uh, that's the thing to look for. It's just uh, it's going to be a different-looking El Campo team. Yeah, excited to watch them in week one. Uh, but we got some scrimmages this week as well. Both Victoria schools in action. Jeremiah, you will be out with Victoria East as usual. Um, what um, qu- quarterback battle, first-year head coach, what uh, are you looking to see from the Titans? You know, I think the first thing uh, I'm going to be looking at is obviously the, the quarterback battle uh, between Casey Coley and Landon Partita. Uh, they both, you know, split reps – leading up to to this uh scrimmage so it'll be interesting to see who, who you know performs better but uh, i think what uh what else i'm going to be looking at is the offensive line i mean you look at their offense and they basically only have three three or four returning players from last season and their offensive line is almost entirely brand new so they're going to have to be able to, to you know gel in these scrimmages and early early season games uh to give you know whoever ends up being the quarterback uh, some time to throw the ball and, you know, give uh, Jaden Williams, the running back, uh, you know, some good holes to, to, to gain some yards. So I think, uh, you know, early on, that's what you're kind of looking out of uh, as far as the offense goes. I'm curious to see uh, just in the scrimmage how much work each guy gets with the ones. I talked to Coach Reeve uh, earlier this week, and he had said this this quarterback battle is something that could extend in a non-district play as well. So there's a real chance we see Victoria East week one against Taft. They're not um, San Antonio Taft. They're not. Uh, it's not just going to be one guy. We could be seeing you know Casey Coley and Landon Partita both out there. I'm you know yeah Mike, you got something to say as well. Yeah, this would be real interesting because Bay City's going to have an outstanding defense yeah. this year, led by Carlon Jones, who's committed to Nebraska. He was our uh, lineman of the year last year, outstanding player, and he's got a lot of experience around him. So I think this will be a really good test for both quarterbacks to look at a good defense before they actually get out and start play. Yeah, that's an interesting point, too, because you talk about, you know, trial by fire. And, it, you know, is there going to be a guy who up against another team when, you know, things are flying around? Is there going to be a guy who maybe steps up a little bit, a guy who maybe regresses a little bit? And I'm sure these are questions Coach Reeve or, you know, questions he, he would hope to uh, get answered or at least come closer to an answer. Uh, I will be out at Victoria West. They go against Gregory Portland. Uh few things I you know a few things I want to see number one I want to see their defensive line you know coach Boyce has been talking about he thinks they're really improved on the defensive line I want to see it against another team I want to see how the defensive line gets after it they're not they're not mad although they got a couple of big linemen but they're more productive linemen are you know are leaner guys who energy just go after the football want to see them in action against uh you know against another opponent number two linebackers they're they're replacing some linebackers from a season ago they got position battles going on in there it's in fact that's probably the most heated position battle at warrior camp right now is a linebacker spot want to see the rotation of linebackers he's got going on and want to see how it you know how that all kind of looks and then lastly the offensive line uh they are replacing offensive linemen this year uh, i want to see how uh, i want to see how they do they do protecting camden repper and open up holes from kamari montgomery i think that team goes about as far as that backfield can take them so i'm excited for the uh you know i'm excited to see just line of scrimmage play and linebackers how the warriors uh how the warriors get after it but that will just about do it for our uh 
you know, for, for our show this week, episode 49 of The Grid. Guys, we're one week away from week one of football. We are so excited about that. With that in mind, coaches, like I said, for volleyball, football coaches, submit your scores and stats to sports at vicad.com so we can get all those results up on the website. We want, you know, we want to know what's going on. We're three people. We can't be at 30 different places at once. Help us help you. And then also for stat leaders that we'll be posting weekly, those must be in by Wednesday. We want to keep track, you know, we want to highlight all the kids who are doing excellent here in the area. So get those into sports at vicad.com. Be on the lookout this weekend for articles from my scrimmage, from Jeremiah's scrimmage, from Mike's scrimmage, all what's going on. Um, and we got Mike's area football column coming out on Monday, on Wednesday. We, we're really excited about that. Week one, we're recording this on Thursday. Week one is eight. We got eight days until we're out covering live games. We could not be more excited. Thank, thanks, thank you for tuning in for this episode. Thank you for being fans of the grid. And we'll be, we'll be back next week with week one of the football season. Boom. All right. You had a face going on there, Mike.